After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome in to the Juice and Mo podcast, recording this on a Monday night after the Kings get an overtime win in Minnesota. They split against the T-Wolves. They went 118 to 111. They had to play the late stages of the game without Sabonis, who fouled out, was not available in overtime either. But De'Aaron Fox was big. Final 236 of the fourth quarter. He dropped eight points. How about Trey Lyles? He had 11 points. Eight of those came in the overtime session. And the Kings played some improved defense tonight. Some better stretches. And they get a road win. 118 to 111. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing, Mo? I'm just so great. So amazing now. Amazing. How about you? Why are you saying it like that? I'm just great. What is that? I'm super good. I don't understand. Where what do you mean? There's, there's something weird. There's a weird vibe going on. No, there's been a weird vibe all day. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we needed this King's win for like our mental health. You definitely needed the you King's did win too. for your mental health. You definitely did. I could tell. I could tell. We appreciate you guys being here tonight. So much to go over. Uh, after this Kings win against the Minnesota Timberwolves and Morgan, what's the first thing that jumps out to you uh, about this Kings win against the T-Pups? Um, I guess really the way that they adjusted. And what I love, 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 love about that is I feel like that's what we talked about after the game on Saturday. That's what we talked about morning on our daily, this morning on our daily show was how are they going to respond? How they respond is really going to be 
um, the way that we see this team. The, uh, it's it's one of those tests, you know, they had only played the T-Wolves for the first time this season on Saturday, and they took what they knew and responded to it, went after Gobert, went into him, and they did not shy away from that. And that was encouraging to see, and it was encouraging to see a team that allowed well over 50% shooting play a little better defense tonight. I felt like they came out of the gate. Both teams were missing a ton of shots early. I mean, I think it was 6-6 six, six near the halfway point of the first quarter. Shots started to fall a bit. But I thought Sacramento came out of the gate, and it was deflections. It was a little more aggressiveness. Hell, they were even throwing some double teams late in this game on air. I'm like, this is encouraging stuff. Rotations were better. I thought Sabonis had some incredible verticality plays at the rim on multiple drives by the T-Wolves, including one on Ant. I thought... Uh, I noted that one, too. A lot of good stuff tonight. Yeah. The Kings gave up 36 points in the second quarter, their worst one. They were outscored 36-27. But in the first quarter, allowed 17. In the third quarter, 28. In the fourth quarter, 22 points. And eight in the overtime session. Whew. So you allow one 30-plus point quarter, a really bad one in the second quarter, you got your shit together and played well down the stretch. Well, and that was after a first quarter where both teams, neither team had scored in like the first three whatever minutes. I right. mean, it could have been two something, whatever it was. Um, and it wasn't like their defense was just locked in and that's what was stopping them. They were missing some shots. They were missing things. So when they started making things in that second quarter and they got things going again for themselves, it was great that the Kings had a better response in that second half. Much better response. But coming out of the gate, I think all eyes were kind of on De'Aaron Fox tonight. We talked about how he played in quarters one through three in that first game against Minnesota. It was like, all right, is he gassed? Is he tired? What's going on with him? And then he explodes for 21 points in that fourth quarter in the loss. And we were both talking about, I was like, hey, can they find a little more balance? Can he come out and be aggressive from the start? He was aggressive yeah. from the start. He came out, fired, and missed his first couple of shots, but then had that nasty jam inside on the attack. Oh, my God. Fox was marvelous tonight. I mean, he he got to his spots, and I know it was cocky when he said it. He's like, oh, I feel like I can get any shot possible. Tonight, I was like, I, I can see it. Like, late in the game, he was taking over again, had that crazy look on Gobert that was in. What You know, we keep talking about the leap that he's taken in his game, his mentality, but I even feel like with his feel for the game and understanding of the way that it needs to fall off his fingertips, whether it's five feet away from the basket or 10 feet away from the basket, or he's going up at the rim, or he has Rudy Gobert's arm straight up in his face. It doesn't matter where it is. He has such a great feel for where he is on the floor and what shot he's about to take. And the ability to make that right now has just been at such a high level. It was pretty ridiculous to see some of the shots he made late in the game yeah the, the one over gobert immediately jumps out to me i mean gobert outstretched arms fox got it over with the left hand floater it was disgusting it was absolutely disgusting and i he he ends up finishing with 32 points uh he had a monster finish to this game which was super encouraging they needed a quarter like that from him he closed well again especially once a bonus fouled out that step back three he had to make it 99 oh. 98 under two minutes and uh even that feel right that confidence that he felt in that shot uh not only to take it but to also make it and you talk about the way that he was going at gobert and going in the paint it's gobert disrupts everyone's shot 
in the NBA. He does a fantastic job of it, even if he's not getting a block, right? But the Kings did a much better job of knowing how to go at him aggressively, how to change their speed against him. Um, and it wasn't only Fox doing that late in this game. You know, I think Monk really stepped up with the way that he was driving to the basket. Uh, Monk whether, was great tonight. Whether he was finishing, though, Deuce, and or playmaking, finding an open guy in the corner, especially late, just incredible. It was a roller coaster ride. He's had some sloppy turnovers. But oh yes, I feel like everyone kind of had a stretch tonight, you know, especially when a night... It was a night where they got off to a really slow start. The Kings were one of 14 from three in the first half of this game. And HB and Herter were almost non-factor shooting tonight. In fact, Herter only plays 21 minutes in this game. He was one of seven, 0 for five from three. Mm -hmm. Barnes plays 40 big minutes, but he was three for 11, one for four from downtown in this game. It was good to have other guys step up. I thought Terrence Davis came in and gave them a lift. And I think Terrence Davis made a case like, hey... Mike Brown, I'm I, I'm going to need some more minutes here. It, unfortunately, it was sacrificing Davion Mitchell a little bit again tonight, yeah. which is another storyline we're going to keep watching as the season goes on because I think he's so impactful defensively for this team. Malik Monk, 19 points for him, five assists, he, and he didn't make a three. He was 9 of 14. His attacking, he had a huge attack late in this game that was big off a of steal. I was like, there's no way he's going to be able to finish that. It was really impressive to see that attack. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts of just him and his energy. As Bojack is barking, so I'm going to talk about Malik Monk while Deuce figures it out. But um, I thought one of my favorite parts was him in overtime. Not only was he confident, his chaotic nature was a little bit more under control. Um, there was a time at the end when... 90 seconds left in the game and Malik Monk had that big steal, right? In that moment that he had that big steal, it was, ah, okay, he's getting things done on both ends of the floor. And over time as well, he found Trey Lyles in the corner on the left mm. side. And then another time he drove it in and found Keegan Murray on the right corner. Getting those paint touches. Getting the paint touches. The guys were also hitting these big shots as well. But it was coming off of Malik Monk's energy. And that's truly sometimes what he adds that we don't talk about enough in his bad numbers games or um, when he's just out there. And I think he does so much to create that he just deserves so much love for that. Yeah, he was great. I, it was awesome tonight. He did have five turnovers. There are a couple of plays get a little chaotic at times with him. You never know what to expect with him, Yeah, but he was really good overall for the Kings tonight. I think something else we learned from tonight's game I think Trey Lyles has to be the back of five now. We've seen enough. I mean, honestly, like Chemeze Metu struggled again. He comes in, allows six quick points on him. Some of it was bad. He had to switch out on guys that he should not be guarding anyway. But then the second stint comes in, Gobert goes right at him. I know that's a challenging matchup. I get that. But I, I'm looking at some of these centers in the league. I'm going, I think Trey Lyles can hang with these guys. He may not have the height. He may not totally have the athleticism and pop sometimes but then he Strong. surprises you when he jams it on go bare late yep. in the game for the and one he could stretch the floor he's more of a threat and he could bang a little bit i think he is the answer for the time being at the backup five and in the overtime session mm -hmm. that's who mike brown went with he didn't have sabonis he decided oh i'm not going to go with metu here i'm not going to go with rushan i haven't played him we don't play alex len i'm going with trey lyles and that was an outstanding decision by him i i'm totally with you i think the way that he um 
did such a great job of holding his ground when Gobert was trying to post up on him and then the way that he would rotate over and try and stop other guys when he knew he could depend on someone else to help him out. Um, the communication was there. He's a great anchor. Uh, you can tell he he appreciates like those fundamentals of the game, right? Just really talking it up and having to be that guy. And going back really quick, too, to Chemezi Metu, when he did come in, there's times when you're like, oh, he can play above the rim. They can like lob it. He can be that lob threat, and he can be um, exciting and, and athletic and mobile for this bigger guy. But then it's his decision-making. It's the fact that he still doesn't have that discipline after this much time to be like in Mike Brown's system and know, no, 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 you shouldn't be taking that three just because you're open. Like there's still a different play that could be better on this offensive end and then being the liability on the defensive end. Well, they had that sequence in the late third quarter where they Kings gave up an open three. There was some miscommunication. There was a breakdown. And Metsu thought it was someone else's fault. Either way, he was at the three-point line boxing out Nas Reed while a player was shooting an yeah. open three. I mean, it, it just... Those are the breakdowns that... You, you keep having those mistakes, you, you find yourself out of the rotation. Yep. And this is a team that's in desperate need of finding something at that backup five spot. I think Trey Lyles might be the answer here on out uh, for Sacramento. And I... I, I... I like that in a lot of ways. I like that in a lot of ways because I feel like Mike Brown feels like he can trust him. Um, the way that he can stretch the floor, the way that he can defend what seems to be multiple positions. He's he's a player that listens. Coach Bull is a guy that, you know, wants to be out there. So he wants to do the right thing. You see him doing the, the right thing a lot of the times. This game got weird late. Oh, it got it really weird late. Sabonis was in foul trouble in this game and, it got chaotic, right? He picks up his four, his uh, fifth foul. It was an offensive foul. It was 93-92 Sacramento at the time at the 450 mark of this quarter. Super questionable uh, call. Was that the hand-in-the-face one? No. Because Okay, that was the fourth, huh? I'm not sure exactly when. No, the fourth foul was on a moving screen at 740. Are you talking about the one that uh, they Chris Finch ended up challenging and yep. they won the challenge? And they won the challenge, and I believe that's what gave him his... No, that was in the second quarter. That pit, that's, um, oh, my God. Yeah, that was... I'm way yeah, off. Yeah, you're way off. That, so second quarter, 619, Gobert was called for a foul on Sabonis on a drive. It would have been foul number two. Finch challenges it, which was a smart challenge because it gave Sabonis his third foul. At the time. That's what it was. And okay. So Bonus hit him in the face yes. first. They call that a foul. So that was the challenge that Finch used at the 619 mark of the, the second quarter, which was in some ways like smart. It's like, yeah, you know what? This guy is Get him impactful. Out. Let's force <laughs> him to make a decision here and go with Metsu. Yeah. So anyway, Sabonis picks up the four, his fourth foul on the moving screen. That yes. was in the third quarter. He was not happy about that one. It looked a little questionable. Okay, you move on. He picks up his fifth foul again on an illegal screen, and he is furious at this point, right? He is just not happy at all. Like, are you kidding me? And then you have the situation where next play down, he gets absolutely kind of crushed down low. At least it looked like that it on TV, like but I didn't get another angle. He was not happy. He is hot, super hot. Charges and this up is to the ref. This is bad. 357. Uh -huh. He picks up a technical. It looks like he picked up another technical. And he got escorted back. He went through the tunnel. Sean Rogers, the security guard, took him back. It looked like he got ejected. Then coming out of the timeout, he's back in the game. We had no idea what was happening because 
the TV crew was not at the game tonight. Yeah. They're not on this road trip. Mark Jones and Katie Christensen were in San Francisco calling the game for from a studio, which, you know, that, that brings on challenges. You know, when you're not at a game, it makes it really challenging to know what's going on because you can't get any type of feedback from the officials. You're not on site. You can't listen. You have no one telling you anything. You're at a studio in San Francisco. So we're all left at home going, what? what's happening? What's happening right now? We don't know. So anyway, Sabonis ends up being back in the game after that wild sequence. Yeah, that was wild. And at first, I thought when they ejected him on that play, it was so... Super frustrating because all I'm thinking is like, he looked just like Draymond Green <laughs> in all of his moments of charging after a ref, yelling at them and not even getting teed up, right? And there's been times, sometimes that Draymond um, will get that tee, sure. But because he ended up back on the floor, it was kind of funny that everyone was just like so confused on Twitter, online and just going, what is happening? Who gives a shit? Sabonis is back on the floor. Play on, let's go. Well, he did play on, and then he ends up fouling out of the game <laughs> a little bit later, <laughs> which which was tough, right? He fouls out with 51 seconds to go. It was a good call. Like, yep. It was unfortunate, too, because the Kings are up 103.99 here. So frustrating. Pushing the back on Gobert. He fouls out, puts Gobert at the free throw line. Gobert makes one of two. So now it's 103.100. I'm sorry. Yeah, 103.100 after the free throw. The Kings don't get a good look. Then the one of the worst missed calls you'll see since, I don't know, Saturday night between Boston and L.A. Second chance opportunity, third chance opportunity, whatever. McDaniels gets a look at a three, and he clearly traveled. Absolutely, like, no doubt about it, shuffled the feet before launching the three, and he makes the three. We get a tie game. And an official is right there mm. and point and if you watch the replay the highlight whatever you want to call it the official is pointing at his feet because he's he's pointing at the feet going you know like ready to call it a three-pointer so he's just looking at where his feet are compared to the line but not looking at the way that mcdaniels is sliding his foot in his in obvious travel in let me do this though really quick king's defense forcing that travel forcing him to be confused and he wanted to swing it to the corner but then he realized when the guy didn't commit to him and went to the corner he's like oh shit yeah slid his foot traveled hit the three you don't want to give up an open three in that situation at all but they were overplaying on ant for sure yep. they were worried that he was going to hit some tough shot right and they end up giving it to mcdaniels shuffles a feet or as stephen brown says in the chat the bro river dance before the game tying three and the rough watched you know they call that travel game is over kings win they yep. don't have to go to overtime nonetheless hey they missed the call absolutely dreadful i just it's one of those things too it's like you're not shielded the guy was open like i i there was a there were fans there's one fan who was right there the, a t-wolves fan's like Hey, Ruff, that was a travel. Like, they're calling on their own team. And I know sometimes you get that help from the opposing team, but you had Mike Brown and the rest of the coaching staff and down the bench calling it a travel for the official, too. It's like it's it's like when we were watching that um, NFC Championship game with the Eagles punter and the ball hit the wire and everyone's pointing up at the wire, and it's like, the ball hit the wire, right? Like, look how far it went out of bounds. And it's so 
blatantly obvious, but they're still not going to make the call. It's super frustrating. Yeah, and those are the things that like fans look at and go, how do you miss it? Th that could cost a team a game. You have to be better than that. Yeah, and that's, well, you know what, Deuce? And really quick, let me just say this as, I think as a Kings fan too, what becomes so triggering about that is that finally there's something to really feel good about with the Sacramento Kings and it's real and they're doing it on their own and they're controlling what they can control. But when it's something that they can't control and it's taking it away from them, that it's traumatizing. It's, it's triggering. It's, I know that all sounds dramatic, but it's the truth. Like you just go, they didn't shoot themselves in the foot. You're just taking this one away from them. But at least they ended up getting the W in overtime. I thought the Kings had no chance in overtime. Whoa. I mean, Sabonis fouls out with 50-whatever seconds left. You're like, are you kidding me? Like, you have to go to overtime. You're in control. You're up four. Like, there's no way you should be losing this game or even going to overtime. And I'm thinking bad things. Talk about that in a second. I just want to acknowledge all the people watching us live right now. Appreciate you guys oh all being God. here late on a Monday night. 500 plus people. I love it. The biggest thing you can do, all you 500 people, is make sure to hit the thumbs up button. That should be. Why don't we match it? Why don't we put that at 500? I know let's people go. come and go. But seriously, let's get that number up because all it does is help this channel grow. And make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Like Tribe just subscribed. We're approaching 10,000 subs. That's a huge milestone. And it's thanks to your guys' support. So please make sure to hit that Thumbs up button and subscribe like Alex did. And Bill, who became a member, shout out to Peyton, who donated five bucks, saying, you're like Robert Ori when you take the jacket off, Deuce. You're shooting daggers in the hearts of Kings fans. So, yeah, you're right. You should just leave the jacket on. Appreciate mm, that. At all times. At um, all times. So, you go to overtime, and you're wondering, okay, what's going to happen? How are you going to win this game with Sabonis not playing? Yeah. I thought it was interesting what Mike Brown did in the overtime session. We kind of hit on it about Trey Lyles' performance, he elects to start Trey Lyles in the overtime session. They go with Fox, Monk, Barnes, Keegan, and Lyles, and it pays dividends in a big way. They start their overtime session. Malik Monk finds Lyles for three. Next play, he ends up finding Keegan for three. You mentioned those back-to-back -back dimes by Malik Monk. And how about Keegan hitting some big shots in this game? Dude, Keegan Murray not only hitting huge rebounds. Yeah, there and I will say just my one little knock. There was a time there at the end. Uh, I believe it was I know what you're talking about. Too passive. And he wasn't yes, looking to score. Dude, he didn't even yep. look square up to even look like a threat. And that's where I'm like, no, I don't care if you knew in your mind already that you weren't gonna go. That's fine. If you were scared of the moment, what I don't want to like blame being scared of the moment on that. But either way, as a basketball player to help the rest of your team, you got to look like a threat yeah. in one way or another. And I think this is sometimes a negative of having a player like Fox who could take over in the fourth quarter because sometimes players are like, okay, here you go. You yeah. always take over, so go do it. And it's like, no, Fox can get his for sure. And we want Fox to go ahead and attack, get the midi, attack the paint, get some good looks. But you still have to be a threat. And when you get the ball and you're immediately looking the passing, not even making any type of move to the basket, looking at the hoop, that doesn't help you. And you can't be that passive. That's my one critique on him. But I thought rebounding the ball tonight, outstanding. 13 rebounds, mm. six of those offensive rebounds, Morgan. Yeah, yep, that's exactly where I was going to get to. Two. Kings won the second chance points battle 15 to 12. So um, Keegan Murray had a lot to do with that. And when your rookie is getting in there and making those big 
second chance opportunities happen. Like there's the difference in the game. We talk about how many times other teams getting those second chance opportunities on the Kings are so deflating. The Kings had that on Minnesota. Yeah, it was big time. And, and you know, we talked so much about what Trey Lyles was able to do. He had the three. He had that big dunk. The one where he was attacking the... I mean, mm. he attacked so strong. Gobert was there and won. Puts the Kings up 112-106. Um, Kyle Anderson slow-mos it. God, he's... I like Kyle Anderson. He's that, so slow and it works. It's a little sloth and you're just like... What Every time. Ooh. Every time. You're not even, like, exaggerating. It works. <laughs> uh, so he scores, then Fox comes down and hits a bucket. Lyles had another jam from Fox, which was the craziest play ever because the King, I think it was what we were just talking about. Keegan immediately looking to pass, and, like, you, Fox has the ball, and you're like, okay, you got to score here. It's 114-111. It's still a three-point game. You need a bucket here, and out of nowhere you see Fox Fire a pass because there was a defensive breakdown on yeah. Minnesota where they just let Lyles go wide open. Ooh. Fox saw it. Pinpoint pass on the money and Lyles jammed it home. And that pretty much sealed it for Sacramento. Beautiful execution oh. by both of them. And you, those are the moments you love seeing being executed because those are also sometimes the scary moments the scariest moments when a guy is that wide open or when a three is that wide open. And um, for Trey Lyles to come in there and be ready for the big moments, that was great. But also you just look at the Kings defense and what they were able to do all night long, not only the second chance opportunities, mm. but a season high 15 steals on oh, the night. Wow. Yeah. Stad, the night nominee 15 steals. I know who had the most steals. I was just going to look though. Uh, Harrison Barnes had four. That's Darren Fox had a couple. And how about, do I want to double check this? Malik Monk with three steals. Dude, well, Harrison Barnes got the defensive player of the game uh, chain. Yeah. So, you know, you look at those steals and those big moments for him, and it's... I wish we had deflections tonight, too, because I thought they were super active. Yes. Which was huge. And I just thought... These, this is the type of defense, team defense, that the Kings need to just be locked in all the time. You know they're not going to be perfect. You're going to have breakdowns. That's okay. But it's it, it's getting into guys. It's playing with physicality. It's rebounding the basketball. I thought they did a great job tonight. I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, and I saw bonus ends up fouling out. But, you know, he's got it. He's dealing with a lot of stuff out there, especially when guys are getting blown by or he's trying to recover, you know, recover or whatever. Yeah. He had a lot of great defensive plays yep. at the rim tonight. Let's see if he, he was even credited. Let's see. Oh, he had two blocks tonight. Hmm. He had two blocks tonight, but he changed a few other shots. And I thought that was significant for the Kings. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think just like you said, the impact that he made in the game. So for Minnesota to really attempt to find any way to get him out of the game was a smart game plan. And hey, you look at the Kings game plan and how... The T-Wolves defend teams in the fast break. It's not the best. So what do you need to do? You need to get those deflections. You need to get those steals. You need to get the ball out quick. And the Kings just did a much better job of that, responding, adjusting their game to uh, just really doing their homework and doing what they need to do against the T-Wolves. I'm looking at the box score. The double check. Okay, okay, Sabonis. So okay, one technical Sabonis. So the T-Wolves lead the NBA in technicals. They had three tonight. Noel had one, Anderson had one, and Nas Reed had one in the fourth. Want to play. That's a bonus. Went aggressive on that drive, lowered the shoulder. Reed was out of position. Sabonis draws the foul. It was a great aggressive take by Sabonis. Nas Reed ends up 
getting the technical. My question for you. Why does Kevin Herter shoot technicals? I don't know. Is Yeah, I don't know. He just hasn't been a good free throw shooter this year. And I think sometimes coaches are always like, yeah, I want to get him going or whatever. Win At the this game. point when it's a close game. Win no, it. no. Who's the best free throw shooter on the floor? Keegan? Go shoot the free. Whoever it is, yeah. go shoot the free throw. That was another story in this game. The Kings were 15 of 22 from the free throw line. Minnesota tonight, 13 of 25. And the good news, Gobert got to the free throw line. 10 times. Wow. That's great news because he was 5 of 10 in this game from the free throw line. I think we should also reference, we keep talking about, oh, the Kings steals or what they do defensively. Ant tonight, he did have 33 points. The, the streak continues oh for God. him, averaging like 34 over the last six. He is outrageous. He hit some shots in this game tonight. He definitely had a couple of wide open ones off defensive breakdowns sure. by the Kings. He had a dunk that was a defensive breakdown. He also had some tough shots that you're like, I don't know what you're supposed to do. No. He just looked like one of those guys that is on the precipice of being a star. He, he is. just He looks really special. So he ends up 14 of 27 tonight. Um, he was 4 of 11 from 3, just 1 of 4 from the free throw line. He also had 6 turnovers in this game. So I know, like, hey, he, got, he did score. I thought the Kings were much more engage with him defensively yeah try to do their best great players are going to find ways to get buckets he still did but he did force some mistakes and they did a great job on russell russell was not good at all he was four of 16 two of 10 from three in this game and oh for three at the free throw line yeah love to see all those numbers go way down for d'angelo russell but deuce you and i talked about it today too and we were saying how let Anthony Edwards beat you. He's going, don't let him, but he's going to, you know, like give him what you got. Do not let the other guys beat you on the team. And that's what happened last time. Nas Reed last game, you know, obviously Noel still had a pretty good game off the bench. Dude, for he was, he had, he had a stretch where I'm like, is this serious? Like this yeah. guy is killing the Kings. Yeah. But at least they, you know, tone that down a little bit. Rudy Gobert is also going to um, still have a pretty big game being their second best player and everything. But you look at the rest of the squad and you you kept them you you toned them down right you 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 tried you you had a different type of defensive effort tonight and it actually worked and it went well and in some ways i i feel like you want gobert to have like a game where he scores 19 if he's scoring and he's going to the line he's getting all the touches instead of you know russell or just Edwards a different game. or other guys who could knock down shots it was a good response by the Kings. So they're now 28 and 21. It's significant too, because you don't want to like lose a season series against Minnesota. You're now at one, one that's big. You get a road win. That's good. Oh, also this team is trying to chase you down in the Western conference and they had been playing some really good basketball. So you need to find a way to win. I think the most exciting thing for me about this win tonight for the Kings, the defense for sure, but winning uh, an overtime game without Sabonis on mm -hmm. the floor that's big time shit on the road. That's big time shit on the road. Yeah, no, it really, it it totally is. Those I think sometimes we overlook those moments because our expectations have become higher and higher for this team. But you guys, it's all those learning moments that are so big for the individuals on this squad, even for TD to come in early and to show up and to be energized and to be there at the end and have a big three as well. Like all of those 
moments matter because it means what Mike Brown and his coaching staff is doing is actually working. You have seen guys on other teams be pissed off, sulking, um, not be able to just buy in and or be efficient in those minutes in that time that they do get. But you see for the most part with the Sacramento Kings, when he goes down the bench, when he goes down the lines, guy stays ready. Shout out to Will Z, who just threw us this stat. He said the Kings had 10 deflections tonight. He said, I kind of was surprised because I was expecting that number to be higher. Uh, so 10 deflections. Kings end up with 15 steals. They also did a good job taking care of the ball on their own. They had 12 turnovers tonight, only turned into nine points. Minnesota had 18 turnovers that turned into 21 points. Uh, it was also refreshing to see a team not shoot 50% against the Kings. Minnesota ends up shooting 46% against the Kings. And the Kings did win the rebounding advantage 50-49. to 49. By one, how about points in the paint tonight? 68 points in the paint for the Kings Love it. to 50. Yeah, they kept, I mean, each quarter I was, I was marking down the points in the paint. And they were always ahead on the T-Wolves. They just did a better job of executing that part of the game. It was... Um, just a lot of a lot of things they did well tonight for the mistakes that were being made. You know, whether it was Malik Monk's chaotic plays <laughs> or if it was even Keegan. How not do you being rein that in a little bit? Is that just who he is? Like, I just feel like there's sometimes you're like, he's just so out of control. But then he'll make a play. You're like, okay, this is why you have him out there. I forget where it was. I think it was in, um, yeah. It was, it was, oh, that's, it was the start of the fourth and Monk had a bad pass into Sabonis who was trying to get down low. Um, it was a turnover, but later on in that fourth quarter too, you know, Monk has that, has a big steal in a breakaway layup, making it one Oh three 99. You know, he just would have these moments that even if it wasn't the direct possession after that, he would make up for a lot of his mistakes. Anything else jump out to you about tonight? And by the way, chat, are we missing anything? Is there anything else that we're missing? Hit us up in the chat. Appreciate everyone being here live. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button. Let's get that to 300, please. Uh, also, threw this out to them. Yeah. As you think about if there's anything else you missed. Yeah. Who was your dog of the game? What's your choices? De'Aaron Fox with 32. Ooh. Malik Monk, 19 points, five dimes. We should also mention those couple of steals he had. Trey Lyles, who had eight points in overtime. Mm. Or Keegan Murray, 13 points, 13 rebounds, six offensive rebounds. De'Aaron Fox is like the dog of the game almost every game. I got to give this to Trey Lyles because just being able to step up there at the end when you you're know, right. your big you're fella right. is out and he comes in and he's ready to dominate on a seven-footer. He's like, bring it, let's go, I'll hold my ground, and he did that. That was critical. Yeah. It was critical because I thought they were going to have to go back to Metu in that situation. He had a tough night. So the fact that they were able to go to Lyles and then he hits a three, has a dunk, has that other big-time dunk to seal it for the Kings, huge, huge tonight. Uh, the fans are saying De'Aaron Fox with 32 points. 48% of people saying Fox. Trey Lyles at 23%. Malik Monk, 17. And Keegan Murray, 11%. Yeah, and I, I, Keegan Murray, I love what he was doing on the boards. I just, sometimes I think we do forget that he is a rookie, and I appreciate where he's going to go from here. God, I, I, ugh, I needed this win. I needed this win. <laughs> well, let's hear from some Mike, let's hear some Mike Brown. I'm curious what he had to say about this Kings win tonight in Minnesota. I, what, what do you think he's going to say? 
defense. Oh, we did a much better job. Engage, Trey Lyles. What what are your Yeah, uh, all all those, all those. Yes. Okay. All right, let's hear from Mike Brown in just a second after this Kings win in Minnesota. Uh defensively came out. That first quarter was probably our best I know we held somebody, I think, to eight or ten points before, but just in terms of doing everything at a high level, challenging shots, being physical without fouling all that, it was probably our best defensive quarter of the year, if not our best for sure, uh, top top two, maybe top three. So uh, really good job coming out and setting the tone the right way. We had a little slippage in the second quarter. Uh, we were okay in the third quarter. Our fourth quarter was really good again. And and then overtime, we were really good, especially when we decided to go small and Trey had to uh, guard uh, Rudy. Um, got a lot of contributions from up and down the lineup. Uh, HB, he was fantastic defensively. Uh, he had four steals, another five or six deflections. Wow. Uh, Keegan was huge with a double-double. 13 and 13. It was just big minutes for us. Uh, Domas uh, with a double-double. He was huge for us as well. Um, you know, Foxy, his pace. It, I'm going to back it up. Defensively, he was big time. He set the tone as the head of the snake at the beginning of the game, and he was really good throughout most of the game. Uh, offensively, his pace and him being in attack mode was a lot of fun. Both he and Domus have to be that way for us because they are all stars, especially on the road and in tight ball games. Um, Malik was huge; uh, he was big for us. He created a lot of opportunities for a lot of people, uh, including himself. Uh, and then Trey, you know, uh, Trey's uh, ability to come off the bench and know what uh, he has to do playing the center spot. Uh, fighting on the glass. He picked up a, a foul, trying to go for a rebound. He, he, he blew up one of Rudy Gobert's duck-ins. And just his, his presence offensively uh, caused him some problems and, and got us great looks. And, and he just knocked down shots. He, he was huge in, in that overtime for us. Uh, and then lastly, I, I'd like to say that uh, 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 TD, uh, I got to take my hat off to TD. I don't know when the last time he played was. Uh, but he's, you know, just like Rich and other guys in the past, TD's kept himself ready, and he was big for us, especially when we couldn't throw the ball in the ocean. You know, I thought we would have had a decent lead if we shot the ball halfway decent. We had some great looks from the three-point line in the first half. It just didn't go in. Our defense kept us in it. And then the second half, we go eight for 16 from the three-point line, which which helped us to, helped us a ton. So uh, great, great team win. Uh, on the road against a really good team. Attention, Trey. He had, uh, he had a good box out on the first defensive possession in overtime and yeah. threw a foul on the offensive fouls on top of what he did offensively. Just curious, like, do you ever think about giving him more of a role as a, as a backup five? <clears throat> we, we've talked about it, you know, um, and, you know, it's something that we have in our back pocket. We've done it before. Uh, now obviously not, I don't think we did it this long. Maybe, you know, I, I can't even remember how long we did it, but we've done it at least one other time before, if not two other times. Uh, I, I have made a minute sheet with him sliding to the five, getting some minutes. 
Um, and it's something that we definitely can take a look at, um, at from time to time going forward. But, you know, the reality of it is Mezzi's playing well. Uh, and um, and, and uh, uh, same with Rashawn. Those guys have played well for us when they've gotten minutes at the five. So uh, it would be feel a game. With your season high in steals, just what led to those steals specifically? I know you talked about wanting to make them feel you after Saturday's game. Did they feel you? I I thought our ability to be engaged defensively, uh, meaning we're up and we're trying to make our uh, our offensive player feel us, and that doesn't mean just go push him, you know, but get up in his chest, especially when he catches the ball or when the ball is going to him. Who knows? He may fumble it, and now that's where the still may come up uh, as he's driving the ball show your hands but chest them and if you chest them it's not a foul and you know there are guys in this league when you get when they get chest they they happen to lose the ball uh, be in a great position on the weak side shrink the floor and if you're in the right position maybe you might get your hand on the ball and you can still close out to your man and so that, th- those are and again I don't know I, I wasn't just I, I, I wasn't saying all that because we got a lot of steals but based on doing those things as consistently as we can for as close to 48 minutes as we can tonight, it generated a lot of steals. It wasn't like we did anything special. We just did what we were supposed to do a little bit harder, and we were embraced it a little bit more. So there is Mike Brown after this Kings win. A couple things. Yes. Uh, Before we get to what he had to say about Trey Lyles being a backup five, I thought one of the things that he said in the beginning – about going after Rudy Gobert, you had mentioned on Saturday night after that game, you you were broke down the game and you were talking about how they got to get into him. They got to get into him. And we saw that tonight in Mike Brown, even saying that just being a big difference maker in tonight's game as well. It was that much more noticeable. And I just love that they're all that coachable. They listened and they executed the plan. Mm, anything off of that otherwise get straight to it with what he had to say about Trey Lyles yeah and he says something that they're looking at and he, he referenced you know Chemezi's play great but and I don't know if he's just trying to be nice to those guys I I just I think Metsu has moments where he can get you a dunk he does some nice things but I think for him it has been decision making sometimes when he's at his best he's playing in control he's rotating well on defense defensively the communication's there um, I just think he's not really big enough to deal with some of these fives, especially a guy like Gobert. He's not athletic enough, in my opinion, to deal with some of these fours, depending on who he's going up against. Just kind of a weird tweener. Uh, additionally, I just think the three-point shooting, I know he hasn't taken as many this year, but coming into tonight, he's shooting 21% from three. He had an open look tonight. He didn't hesitate to launch it because he was open. He was open because Gobert said, I'm not coming out to defend it. I think there have been too many defensive breakdowns with him. And I think when you are trying to improve this team defensively, you got to maybe look elsewhere. And I'll give him credit that one play where there's frustration and they take out the iPad, which you don't see often. They're taking out the iPad to show these guys like, here's the breakdown. This can't happen. Next play. He comes back in. He's playing much more aggressive. He had a strip on Ant which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. They did a nice yes. job. But I, I just think it hasn't been consistent enough. Obviously, the Kings are searching at that five spot. I think Trey Lyles makes more sense. I think he does 
All of the things that Metsu does well, so does Trey Lyles, but Trey Lyles can also shoot. He may not pop as, as much athletically, but then again, I'm watching him like he just jams it home a few times. Yeah. I don't know. I would go with Trey Lyles. Yeah, and and it's no knock on Chemezi Metu and his development and his growth because I, there's been times this season that's like, holy shit, yeah. why oh, is Metu playing more, you know? And we've seen those moments, but then when we see his down moments and when he is a liability, those are the frustrating times. Those are the times when even as someone who is consuming so much Kings basketball, you're going, why him first? You know, especially when we've seen at times Mike Brown doesn't care about rewarding guys for you know for doing good things necessarily when they have a great game and then they don't see a minute yeah. the next game you know like that's just who he is as a coach and that's fine so with metu sometimes i'm surprised like what is it about him that he sees that maybe i don't but yeah when it comes to trey lyles i was um pretty shocked that that was his answer yeah and then uh, defensively, we talk about with the Steelers, you just talked about it simple. Like, we're just getting more into guys, playing with more physicality, just playing how we're supposed to play. So, uh, appreciate everyone being here, by the way. We've got a ton of people watching Thanks, us live. Guys. Make sure to hit the thumbs up button. It, all it does is help our channel grow. I know I say it all the time. I just have to remind you guys because it literally, all it does is help more and more people see what we do on this channel. And that's good. I just love building this community. Let's keep it rolling. Oh. Um... I did want to play something. I want to get some more post game, if you don't mind. Not at all. Uh, do you want to hear from Malik Monk? Actually, let's go with. Uh, want to go what? As you go to Keegan, yeah. Um, really quick too. Our guy Chris Biederman is there on this road yeah. trip, obviously covering the Kings, and he was asking Keegan about uh, Trey Lyles, and he started talking. He's like Trey Lance, and I, I mean, oh, oh Trey dude, Lyles. I totally heard that. It was <laughs> yeah. hilarious because you know Chris has covered the Niners for so long. Yeah, he immediately he's like, yeah. So Trey Lance. Uh, <laughs> Keegan Murray uh, talk about what the hell happened with the, the, the ejection, non-ejection with Domas. How much confusion was there with the Sabonis ejection and then not ejection? Yeah, I mean, everyone thought he was gone. I think he thought he was gone. Um, I thought he was gone, but, um, I mean, we had people in the back that t told our security to come get him. So um, he's he came back, and I thought he kept his composure really well. So um, that helped our team. You see Keegan get upset at one point tonight? No. When he went through, like, the steal, I think, and then they called him out of bounds, he said something, the official. But it was, like, Ooh. the most tame thing. Like, you you got that wrong. <laughs> you couldn't hear him. Oh, uh, he also talked about Trey Lyles' impact. Trey, Lan or, uh, Trey Lyles give you guys in, uh, in overtime, and, and could he potentially, do, do you see him maybe being more of a backup five for you guys down the road? Yeah, I mean, he showed that uh, he can compete um, and be – prepared to play against some of the best centers in the league um rudy's a really good center really strong really physical and trey um, was able to able to match his physicality um so uh, i think that just adds another element to our offense um i feel like we'll definitely look at that lineup for sure that's coach keegan saying they're gonna look at that lineup for sure so if keegan says it coach like what are you gonna do i love the way he broke it down i agree too. with coach keegan i know i agree he's like hey we got we gotta really look at that you know I mean, he's really proving a point out there that he deserves to play so i like it 
And after the game, uh, De'Aaron Fox talked about the defense down the stretch for Sacramento in this game. You mentioned the defense. You guys set a season high in steals. What specifically was it about your defense that led to all those steals? I mean, coming into the game, we this is one of the higher turnover teams, so we, we just wanted to be able to get in passing lanes, uh, get deflections. Um, and it's not even necessarily trying to turn a team over. It's really just trying to be disruptive. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if we get a deflection, it turns into a steal, you know, great. But um, if we're getting deflections, ball going out of bounds, they got to reset their offense. Um, that's basically all you want to do. You just want to be able to be, uh, to be disruptive. Yeah, and that's what they were tonight. They much, much, much better job. And, I mean, there, how many times do you hear coaches say, yeah, and all that takes is a little bit of effort. Yeah, all that takes is a little bit of homework and, and effort and just executing it, just doing it and they did that tonight yeah what are you laughing at <laughs> morgan looks at the screen and sees uh coach nick waiting to come on with us do we go to him now you want to go to him now yeah and then i want to get to some of the we rumors need to, we need to get to some rumors we need to get the people in the chat too appreciate everyone watching us live but you know the chat wants him the chat demands him <laughs> he is coach nick what do you want nick What's up, dude? Uh, my voice is better now. Yes, Aww. it is. You, you sounded really bad the other day, and now it sounds good. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. You know what else sounds good? What? A king's win. Why not? Like the beat. Hey, can you, Deuce? Can you put the fighter laser thing on? Okay, hold on. Arm the laser. Hey, hey, let's go. We got to say this. Why not light the beam? Why not light the beam? Why not light the beam? Why not light the beam, Nick? Why not? What do, you, what do you like about the win, man? Hey, going to overtime and, and looking at playing five more minutes of basketball. Why not play for five more minutes of basketball? <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, Nick, I know you're a defensive coach. Uh, you know, you always preach defense. Did you like the Kings defense in this game tonight? Yes, I... After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Did, and, you know, they did pretty good tonight. But, you know, I did see Sabonis. He was getting upset, getting mad, because he got a technical foul because they missed a call on him. Yeah, yeah. And the refs are going to start getting fines if they don't start calling. Oh, oh. you're right, Nick. You start finding those officials. What are they doing? They're not calling fouls. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Anything else before we uh, move on, Nick? I do. I do want to ask yeah. why did Kate, why did Katie and Mark Jones did not go on the road to Minnesota? Yeah, I think it was just a schedule thing. I don't know total. I don't have total clarity on why logistically i think with mark's schedule because he does so many games this stretch he needed to be in town if he was calling the game so i think that's why they went that route so are they going to go on the road uh playing are they going to go to san antonio then no i don't think their uh, tv will not be traveling on this road trip so no so they'll be in san francisco <laughs> yes, yes they will be in san francisco <laughs> you're asking the good questions though nick i appreciate it do you want them on the road Yes, I do, because it's better to see him on the road. Okay. All right. That's fair. We'll let them know. We will let them know. All right. Sleep dreams, Nick. Hey, why not? How about it's called sleep beams? Sleep Sleep beams, beams, Nick. If I was coach in the locker room, if we played San Antonio that day, if I was in the locker room, I I need to tell my team, stay on your man. Stay on your Play man. defense. Play defense, just it. like you did tonight. Sleep guard games. Him. Guard, Go- you guys. <laughs> guard you guys. Don't let, don't let us play shoot over you. Sleep beams, Nick. Sleep beams. <laughs> that was actually one of the better Nick calls in a while, man. Oh, hell yeah. And they let me, he's like, no, 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 I'm not done. And if I was coach, I would obviously have to tell them, stay on your man. Play defense. Sleeping. Oh my God. Dude. The best. Simply the best. We know. And look, hey, after Kings win, it is definitely sleep beams, man. I love how everyone pops for Nick. You guys Morgan. are awesome. Yeah. Oh. It's time for some NBA trade rumors. The return of DMZ. Morgan Reagan tonight. Mark Stein with. Something new in his sub stack. I encourage everyone to subscribe because then you get little nuggets that maybe you don't get elsewhere. I'm going to show this one and encourage you guys to subscribe. He has something about Sacramento. We have not seen a lot of trade rumors regarding the Sacramento Kings, but tonight at this hour, could the Kings be interested in Matisse? Yeah, Sacramento is said to be monitoring the availability of Philadelphia's Matisse Thibel as the Kings unexpectedly holding the West number three seed after a league record 16 consecutive seasons out of the playoffs ponder the pursuit of a more defensive-minded option on the perimeter. One source with knowledge of the Kings thinking, meanwhile, insists that rival teams hoping for Rashawn Holmes to become a buyout candidate if Sacramento can't trade him are poised to be disappointed. A buyout would be complicated for both sides with two years and nearly $25 million left on Rashawn Holmes' contract after this season. That is not a surprise. We talked about that. It made no sense. But, yeah. uh, Morgan, your reaction to Mark Stein's report that the Kings could have some interest in Matisse Thibault. I, I, I'm cool with it. 
I like it. I think if you were to go look at his stats right now, he's having one of his worst shooting years from three. Um, but he's also playing half the minutes that he was playing than last year, right? You got some different guys who have stepped up um, and who are obviously seeing the floor more than him. But what he adds with his defense, I think sometimes is not even – it's not even given enough love in Philly with Doc Rivers to be – Honest, I yeah. think it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be situational for him, and he does better somewhere else. Well, he's a two-time NBA All-Defensive second-team member. He did that in 21 and 22. Obviously, offense is the question mark, right? Like, Casey Akpala is someone that I think the Kings were like, hey, let's take a swing on him. He can be a good defensive player. I see potential in him. He's been foul-prone at times, but you also see the flashes, and he has been really a non-factor defensively, um, excuse me, offensively for the Kings. You know, we saw that last game where he missed that three, missed that runner, and, you know, jumps out at you because he doesn't get many opportunities. Uh, Thibault this season with the Sixers, Morgan, he played, last season he played 25 minutes a game. Mm -hmm. He is playing 12 minutes a night this season, two right. and a half points a game. I mean, it's so tough to even give the shooting percentages because it's so limited. Uh, but 42% on 2.3 shots a game, 31% from three on 1.3 makes, um, and 62% from the free throw line. Not a lot of attempts there. So, yeah, I mean, it's crazy that a guy who's on the all-defensive team the last two years doesn't really play much for this team. Although it feels like he's been playing a little more recently for the Sixers. Ooh. I'm going to look at his last few games and maybe that's a little showcase thing yeah well, i guess it's not that much for him. <laughs> it just felt like more i felt like against the kings he played a lot no he played 13 minutes so this month he's playing about 13 minutes a night and yeah it's it's not a lot and but you look at how someone like mike brown plays around with his rotations and his roster and there's guys that aren't playing that could see minutes on a different team. Is this like one of those situations? Well, I think from his resume alone and what we've seen from Thibault over his career, like there's something there. There's value there, especially in a long, bigger defender and someone hopefully that could just add just enough on the offensive end. What would it cost is the question. I mean, you see some of the rumors going on right now. It's like, yeah, Plumlee, Hornets want one first-round oh pick. God. Alex Caruso, two. So what would Daryl Morey be charging his old buddy for a guy who uh, makes 4.3 this year and has a qualifying offer headed into the offseason at $6.2 million? So that's the question. Is like, what would you... What would you give up for well, someone like him? you guys, it would need to be cheap because don't they want to try and re-sign James Harden or... Yeah, I mean, maybe. So what... But is he just going to... You're going to trade Alex Len in the you know, second round pick? Like, I don't, like, I don't right. know what they're trying to command for someone like him. Right. It's... um. It should be interesting to see. Look, look what happened with Rui Hachimura, right? I, I think that was someone who you could have gotten more from personally than Kendrick Nunn in two second rounders for Rui Hachimura. So is it going to be one of those type of situations where the Sixers are trying to make space, make moves, just kind of clean up a little bit. And so he's trading with someone that he knows. I don't know, but hopefully 
Uh, Lizzie's saying maybe Barnes is expiring contract. That just doesn't, I mean, Thibel only makes like 4 million. Barnes makes 18. So it, the deal would have to be a lot bigger than that for something like that. Um, as far as Thibel, yeah, I mean, it just, again, I don't know what it would cost to do it, but yeah, I'm willing to take a chance on that because right. can the guy cut? Can he, can he lay the ball in? There you go. I don't need Thibel to go out. I'm not looking for him to score buckets for me. Okay. You got that. Now, does it make it challenging when guy, when a team's like, we don't have to guard this guy from the perimeter? Yeah, I can a little bit, but maybe you put him in lineups that have more shooting around and what he could do defensively as a steals guy, getting the guys a little bit. I think that can help you. The guy again, made the all defensive team the last two years for the Sacramento Kings. That would be a huge upgrade for them yeah. on the perimeter. Yeah. And that's where you hope your offense gets created, right? Just like you saw a lot from tonight in the fast break from deflections, from um, just being active in those passing lanes. Can he be the guy that gets things started with this team that plays with a lot of pace? Um, I like, I, I like the rumor. Uh, if you're in Twitter spaces, you can request to talk with us like people in discord. Also, Love to the Twitch and YouTube crowd. Appreciate you being here. Uh, what is up, Dash? What's up, y'all? How you hey. doing, man? Man, doing, doing, doing pretty well. You know, Kings win. Are just you chilling out? Are you rubbing your hands together as you talk? I am. I'm that excited. I could tell. You're. I could hear it in the background. Yeah. It, yeah. Sound, it sounds like sandpaper. You got to put some lotion on those hands. Damn. Okay. Is it, is it, is it, <laughs> I love it. He's like, uh, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Uh, what's going on, Dash? Um, well, game was pretty fun. I thought that uh, TD was kind of the difference maker in the game. Honestly, I kind of compare it to the Delhi coming in against uh, Charlotte, kind of like boost up. Like he really like had a really good energy off the bench. And I Comparing like it to Delhi coming in. How yeah, exactly. It, exactly. When's the most minutes Delhi's played this year? How about you compare it to another time TD came in and made an impact? Okay, let me think. Maybe against, <laughs> maybe uh, against the Pacers. Dude, Just so they asked the Pacers. Hey, I think no. I, I love what TD provided. Actually, I wanted to look that up because Mike Brown mentioned that in his press conference. He goes, "I don't know the last time I played him, and it's it's been a minute for Terrence Davis and." You, you don't really count this right when he plays like three minutes in a blowout, right? No. The last time he got extended in minutes in the game was against Houston on January 13th when he played 31 minutes. Against Houston, he played 23. Besides that, he hasn't really played. In fact, this month, he's averaging just 10 minutes a game in the games he has actually played. Yeah, and uh, Kevin, not the best game, so I feel like we definitely did that shooting. <sighs> yeah, no... And TD also hit a couple of big shots too. His yeah. two big threes, I thought, were crucial. Agreed. Kevin was missing some great looks tonight, and I think that's the other thing I like about this game tonight is like you are not making shots. So how do you win a game? How do you win? You, you play some defense. You get in the guys. You find other ways. You attack the paint. Don't just settle. And I, I love the fact that Kevin still shot the ball. I didn't feel like he was forcing it. He missed a corner three. Uh, Sabonis got him on a dribble handoff for three. That. It's a shot he's made a lot this year. He had an off game. These games are going to happen throughout the course of an 82-game season. And for Terrence to come in and provide a lift for this team, I loved it. I think my one criticism of Brown, he played him like three minutes in the first half. It's like, wait, I thought he played all right. Get him back in the game. He ended up playing much more in that second half. 
Absolutely. And also defensively, like he's a little better than, you know, than Herder because, you know, he actually like, you know, gets up into the guys is more quicker. It's got quicker, more quicker, yeah. more laterally. So Herder does some good things team from a team defensive perspective. He gets beat sometimes. He's, he's a, longer. He's a high IQ guy that will get those deflections, get his hands in the passing lane. And I think, uh, with TD does a great job of is like really being, energetic yes in 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 more intense into guys yeah and that and that can also be contagious when you need that spark off the bench and that's exactly what he's added when he's come in exactly and you know herder with that length definitely like gives us a different um you know option defensively because you know six seven shooting guard like pretty pretty good size right but with him you know he's like what six five right uh herder he's like six seven no no no, no td uh yes i'd say he's more like six four yeah so definitely you know a, mo- a lot more on ball pressure as opposed to herder with that uh team health defense so yeah definitely good to see td back he's one of my favorite players Aww. yeah i think they need to find ways to get him more run and that's what's so tough we talked about this this year is when they brought him back and it's like well they signed monk they have herder they've got mitchell like someone's gonna be the odd man out I think tonight it was a little bit of Davion. I know Herter didn't play a lot down the stretch, but Davion ends up playing tonight 12 minutes. And it's crazy because I feel like Davion comes out there and he's defending everyone. I just, you know, my biggest fear, I know this is a different topic for big picture stuff with the Kings. What's the biggest fear? I am convinced that Davion is going to end up going to a different team and, and being a starting point guard and hitting big shots and playing some awesome defense. I mean, that's what people have a fear about so many players that they trade, that they get rid of. I mean, that it just it's situational, right? And when, if he were to get that opportunity with more minutes, that could absolutely be it. And that it just means sometimes that this system or this roster wasn't meant to be for him and you'd want him to flourish because he's such a good guy too. Look at Kevin Herter, you guys. Like he wasn't going to flourish with Trey Young having the ball in his hands in that offense. It just wasn't going to work. And he's just not tonight, but he's doing much better here in Sacramento. Yeah, and we saw Mitchell end of last season, right? Against um like the Rockets and the Spurs really like, you know, excel in that you know number one point guard role so well i appreciate you checking in dash one more thing i want to ask real quick yeah what do you guys think about rashawn holmes because if you want lyles to be a backup five what happens with him i mean he he's not playing you know what i mean like i i have pretty much just been like this coaching staff Mm -hmm. is not playing him yeah i mean he had a really good game when sabonis was out against the lakers in that road win in la he was the reason he was one of the big reasons (laughs) they won the game and then he doesn't play so i'm working under the assumption that he's not in the rotation and they have no plans to use him i mean they ain't use him tonight they haven't been using him it makes me sad from um the point of view that I really like him as a person. And I do, I think his game can be fun. Obviously he has his flaws, uh, but at the same time, uh, he's another guy that can be utilized the right way on a team and can produce. Okay. I see. I see. I see what you mean. Well, thanks for checking in my man. Thanks dash. Have a good night guys. Bye. Dude, this is pretty dope. How about DK, who just tweeted us this? Made his own, like, beam for his house. That's so cool. I've seen a lot more purple lights around town. That's a good gimmick. It is. I like it.
That's dope. Good job. Um, uh, let's get to the super chat. Shout out to Wendy Matthews who donated five bucks. Give me a hell yeah. Thank you, Wendy. Shout out to Light the Beam who followed us on Twitch. Same with Fancy Booty who followed us on Twitch. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Make sure to hit the thumbs up too. And shout out to Kyle who donated two bucks saying, uh, donated two bucks saying Jordan Aura to the Kings in a three-team trade rumor. Um, yeah, I did see, I was listening to D'Lo and Casey today uh, after our show ended. Yeah. And they had James Ham on and I was reading the chat and someone in their chat, I think someone here actually mentioned it, <laughs> Beam Team in the chat was like, hey, Ham, I heard a rumor, Jordan Aura, maybe to Sacramento. What Ham say? Ham said he had not heard that one, but he had heard someone else, but he wouldn't reveal it. Oh, come on, Ham. Classic Ham. Yeah, you're such a little shit. That's Beam Team. Beam Team says that was him. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Nora, who he's not like playing a ton of minutes in Milwaukee. Um, doesn't shoot well. I think it's more of another guy, a defensive guy that maybe you would take a chance on. Not like some huge impactful move. I believe he played a Nigerian national team too, so there's that tie-in. Yeah. But yeah, that's a yes. Um yeah, and ble- yes, yes, people out there who think it's a thing. I I, I we still do listen to D Lo and KC because they're friends. So Well and, and <laughs> I we, love their and show. They're good and we yeah. consume we like we enjoy Great good po- content yes. around which by the way, King's Film Room also you oh, saw online. They're on Patreon now. Yeah. I so subscribe today. Speaking of good content, if you guys are looking for some good King's content, sign up for that. Uh let's check in next with Mega Lou is in the building. Hey guys. What's How's up? Going? How you doing? I think I thought of a good question, but it might be really stupid. Oh, no, and you guys no. talk so much that you might have already thought of it yourselves. But um, I'm wondering, like, if you could add one mm. really specific skill at this trade deadline, like offensive rebounding or blocks or, um, you know, better, better closeouts, not like perimeter defense but like specifically better close out, Ooh. what would you add? Damn, because right when you said that, I started writing down perimeter defense. And right <laughs> when I finished writing perimeter defense, you said not perimeter defense. So I can't use She that. wants specific. Well, I guess, I mean, is perimeter defense like a singular catch-all stat? Are there, like, I feel like there's like three people who are tremendous perimeter defense defenders in the entire league. Yeah. But there's people who are great at closing out. There's people who are great at, you know, like like Matisse Seibel is a good example of somebody who's really great at, like, chase down blocks, right? Yeah. Like, he defends well from behind the shooter, which is a really unique kind of skill. Yeah. To and be I able- just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what this roster needs, so I'm just throwing it out there. No, it's, it's interesting. And I don't even think... <sighs> When, when, because we're getting that specific, I don't think it's like being like, oh, the number one thing the roster needs, because when you get that specific, we can name like four things. Right. Um, and it goes along with the perimeter defense, but if we're going to go a little bit away from like solid fundamental closeouts or something, let's even say it's like having 
a shot blocker. Now, when I say that, there's so many shots contested. There are so many shots that are disrupted in the paint that I'm like, I'm satisfied with it. But if you're going to make me add something, I'll be like, yeah, a few more shots being blocked with just, it doesn't even mean a rim protector because the yeah. rim is being protected with the impact that guys are making in the paint. But like a few more blocks would just, I guess, be nice. Hmm. What are That's you? interesting. I don't know. I just, we, we get so, I think, as fans, we get so obsessed. We gotta have a shot blocker. It's but like, that's why I'm. That's no, why I'm saying. No, I know you're not saying. Yeah, that. I'm just saying like, you know, perimeter containment is pretty important. All right, so you're very guys, important. You know, be putting some pressure on the ball. You know, being able to communicate effectively defensively would be significant. Um, and they do communicate well, and mostly that goes to Sabonis being that anchor in the middle. So yeah. I would say, I guess, if I had to add another one, yeah, the closeouts have been. Quite annoying. Your specific skill is finding someone that that's can close what Megalu out. wants. Yeah, I know. I like it. I like it. I'm giving. Give I'm giving Megalu what Megalu wants. Well, Megalu, I like that. I'm gonna have to give that more thought. I can't. I'm trying to think of a specific one. That's a tough one. I appreciate you checking in. Um, wow. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that uh, I would have thought that yours just right away off the top of your head would have been like the closeout. Yeah. And, and again, it's not, it, this isn't life or death. Like you have to pick one and everything. Oh, it feels like life or death. Oh, I have to it. pick something. And that's, yeah. Uh, in the chat, Scout Recycler. So stars are playing way too many minutes. TD and Holmes should be getting minutes. Nobody they get in a trade is going to bring more unless you give up a major piece. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, w I want them to lean on the bench a little bit more. It's hard to look at the minute distribution tonight. It's an overtime game, so he plays five extra minutes. I don't know how different that would be. I'd have to really dive into the quarter-by-quarter quarter minute breakdown. TD got 16 minutes off the bench. Monk, if I could read. Did he play 31 minutes tonight? Wow. wow. 16 from Lyles, 11 from Chemeze Metu. Um, yeah, I think you could find minutes for TD. I, you know what? I'm okay with this team this year with the minutes distribution in the sense of your stars playing a shit ton of minutes and mostly for the reason we always talk about how important NBA minutes are and you can be in practice, you can play against your own teammates and, you know, work on certain things that you're trying to get better at, but you're not going to actually grow from it unless you're experiencing those NBA minutes. And that's why De'Aaron Fox having to push through these big moments, whether it's playing an entire fourth quarter or playing into overtime and being gassed, I think is important this season. Now you get into next season and you're like, Oh, we can grow on top of hopefully this postseason um, appearance that we have this season and how we grow off of that. We really need to make sure that his minutes are under control toward the end of the season. That's when I would start to worry. But right now I'm like, Tie their legs out. Let's go. Just get there. Just get the win no matter what. I mean, get there and then be, make it sustainable as you move forward with making roster adjustments. Yeah, I just think you ha you do have to trust your bench a little more, too. You know? Like, Terrence Davis had a good first few minutes of the game, you know, yeah. when, he, when he got in there. You don't have to wait to put him back in. Get him some more touches, you know? And I just, I, m my thought is already, is like, uh, does that mean Terrence Davis, are we not going to see Terrence Davis for another two weeks? Someone else was making that joke um, on Twitter earlier, and it's 
He was a plus. He was a plus. I know it's a one game thing because with plus minus, you got to be careful. He was a plus sixteen. He had eight points, two rebounds, a steal, an assist. He was two of four from downtown. Um, so he had one layup that he he blew. That was like, come on, Sixty. How do you miss that one, man? It happens. It happens. It happens. Uh, what is up, Jamie? Welcome in the night chat, Jamie. What's up, Jamie? Hey, hey, what's up, ma'am? Nothing much. How are you guys doing? Good after that win. How about you? Uh, really good. What was your favorite part? Overtime. What about it? Um, you know, yeah. Oh, sorry. Who is that? Who is that? It's my dad. Your dad is. It, does your dad know that you're on a live podcast after I a game? I'm on right now, dad. Nice. Thank you. Okay. And did he okay. say, did he say sorry? He said that I have to finish it up and go to bed. <laughs> Excuse me? You tell your dad. No, I'm kidding. What my, is, my dad my dad my dad said what's up. Uh, no, Aww. no. Now he's trying to take it back. Now he's trying to backtrack. <laughs> he, he, he didn't he didn't know that I was on. Okay. Aww, okay. See, that's trying to have my guy nice. Jamie's back. Uh Jamie, also when you call in to talk about the game, and we appreciate it. But when Morgan's like, hey, what was your favorite part? You give her a one-word answer. We expect some in-depth breakdowns from you, Jamie, not just overtime. Now it's like we're trying – I feel like your parent. I'm trying to ask you, hey, how was school today? You're like, good. good. What do you do? Test. No, I mean nothing. Math test. So what did you like about the game? Well, um, I liked how we came out in uh, overtime, and I liked how – we came away with those good turnovers at the end. Yes, oh, I like um, it. Okay. With I like that monk that monk takeaway where like I think someone passed it like down the court and then he like kind of like had a pass deflection up and up like a like a football play and yeah. then uh, Tegan Murray caught it. I think. Yes. Yeah, you're, we're all whispering. Now. I we love it. They're I sleeping love over it. there. It's a Monday night. All right, Jamie. Well, you go to bed so you don't get in trouble. Okay. All right. All right. Bye, Jamie. All right, there's Jamie. Jamie. I love it. He like he showed up after that. He was, I totally felt like his parent first, though. I was like, "How was school today, sweetie?" Over time. But like, what was your favorite part about it? Fox. I don't want to talk about it, Mom. They won. Let me alone. <laughs> I love that his dad too. <laughs> Did he apologize? Brian and Chess said, "It's a school night, you know. It's been a good dad." Uh, yeah, it's a school night. He's learning. From Professor Deuce and Mo. All right. Ruckus says, I'm on Deuce and Mo, Dad. <laughs> Clip that. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's so cool. Um, Lawrence, the great question um, about like, you know, what you can do with needs. Why don't we just stretch some, uh, Domas and add two inches to his wingspan? Oh, g- genius. Just stretch him out as a human being that's good or you can get that surgery that we were talking about where you can add to their legs yeah yeah that's gross it grosses me surgery do you understand how surgery grosses me out i know it does that's so interesting to it me. is a really gross thing no it's actually really scientific and cool I, i'm not saying don't try to paint me as some anti-science whack job okay i'm a pro-science guy okay don't try to pin this on me all i'm saying is just the thought, like, people who go watch those shows, they're on, like, TLC watching. Oh, I pass like, out watching. Yeah. Like, I can't watch. Hey, in the ER, it's like, no, I'm good, man. Like, if I ever need surgery on anything, I don't want, don't, t- don't tell me how you're doing it. Are we fixing it? Are you, 
you're knocking me out, right? Like I have photos. I don't care of my shoulder. You talking about it's gross? It's just the inside of the shoulder. It's just a rubber knot. That's. <laughs> I don't know why it gives me anxiety oh, thinking okay. about it. Don't touch me. Okay. Don't touch me. Oh, Santa, why would you say that? <laughs> this is the thought of hair implants make me gag. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's gross. Uh, you guys. What is up, Heath? Hey, how's it going? Good. Yeah, good. What's up, man? Such a pleasure to talk to you guys, as always. I oh, appreciate it. Thank you for calling in. Yeah. Hey, I want to say congratulations on the radio show, by the way, before we get in the what, what did he more Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Tell me, tell me. Wait, Wait, Heath, Heath, I gotta I gotta tell you, Deuce what, does this every time. What did he call it? So people he wants people to not call it a radio show. Thank you. It is an audio platform, no. a multimedia no. platform. Oh, no. what is it? What is it? It's a show oh. that happens to be <laughs> on YouTube, the radio, and on an app. If you call it a radio, I'm not doing a radio show. This is not okay. 1980. Hey, radio show only. No, we are on live so, on YouTube. We're, you son of a. G- <laughs> but hey, so um, is it more of like a multimedia extravaganza, or like I, I would really like to know the the title. He wants you to just know it's a show. I don't appreciate a sarcasm. Oh, I appreciate it. I don't. I definitely appreciate it. I he, don't. He literally did this today. Someone called in and was like, "Hey, congratulations on the on the radio show." And dude's just like lost his shit. It was funny though. It's it's all in fun. But no, seriously, our our goal is to be is to, you know, really expand it that there everything's more than radio now in that, you know, we're just trying to be everywhere, but I seriously appreciate the love Heath. And, um, thank you so much for calling into this show too. So what's on your mind about the Kings? Uh, you know, I was just calling to reflect on the last call in, you know, um, we, we kind of did a a January analysis talking about how Harrison Barnes was going to do well. And, uh, it was important how the Kings turned out in January and I think both of those things kind of came true. So now moving into February, what are we looking for as far as Kings fans go? And, well, and that could be trades. That could be many things. Well, I think first up, trade deadline. You don't play a ho- you only play like what three home games this month, which is kind of crazy to think Ooh. about, right? Um, also, I would wanted to look up this now that you bring it up. What what was the Kings' record in January officially? Has it been updated tonight? I don't know. Did they play 15 games this month? Does anyone know? Mm-mm, I don't know. Heath. It was a big month. I don't, I don't know. You don't know. Yeah. You're asking me about the month no. of January, and you don't know. So now I have to <laughs> look it up a lot. Yeah. This is your job. This is your job. Yeah, it's your job. You're quick at this, usually. He's counting, Heath. <laughs> and and you, guys, you guys can yeah. call me Clint, by the way. I'm, I'm calling you, Heath. Um, so oh, the Kings God, were, in the month of January, they were 9 and 6. Let's see how they're welcome. So in the month of January, they were nine and six. And during the month of January, uh, the Kings ranked number one in offensive rating. Wow. And number 16 in defensive rating. Okay. Are you sure you got that right? That is correct. Okay. Is that surprising to you? Um, 16th in defensive rating. Yeah, yeah, it is. So were other teams just that shitty or did the Kings? Okay. Really? <laughs> I mean, it's, that's a very average. I mean, it's, it's encouraging because it's the Kings, but it's, it, that's a, that's middle of the pack. Pretty absolutely. Much. Absolutely. I've just, there's been some losses that I haven't been impressed with their, 
defense that I'm it's just I'm just saying it's in the month of January, Fox led him in scoring with 25 points on 50% shooting, only 30% from three, six and a half assists, three and a half rebounds. HB, the second leading scorer of the month of January, 19 points on 49% shooting, 49.5% from three. Sabonis averaged 18 points. He averaged 12 re- 12 and a half rebounds, eight assists this month. That's pretty crazy. Wow. And shout out to Keegan with 14 points a game on 51%, 49.5% from three. Um, yeah. Also, whoa, Keegan, six rebounds. Ooh, okay, okay, Keeks. You like that, Clint? Keegan finding his footing. Yeah. Keegan yeah. finding his footing. No, so that, those are encouraging numbers yeah. for um, the month. And, yeah, there are some games that they you, you wish they would have you know, closed out the Atlanta, the Lakers game at home, definitely pop out. But looking at this month, it's like finish this road trip the right way. You've got San Antonio, not a good team. The Pacers still without Halliburton at the moment. Not good without him. They barely win games without Tyrese Halliburton in the lineup. Then you play a Pelicans team. They've lost eight in a row now. Mm. They the, the injuries have really hurt them. Then you play Houston twice. Take care of business on the rest of this road trip. I wanted a five and two trip. Then you come back home. You play Dallas a couple of times. So um, it's it's going to be an interesting month. You play a lot more Western Conference opponents, some teams that you haven't faced. This is going to be the first matchup against Dallas coming up this month. Oof. You got a couple at OKC that all of a sudden look like big matchups. You got the Lakers. You got Phoenix. You got Portland. So now it's a, it's a good test to see what this team does. The trade deadline is February 9th. We'll see what it looks like. And this this next week's going to be interesting. So this is noob question. When does the All Star break fall? Is it after that? Yeah, yeah, it's after the deadline. The the final game before the um, All Star break is February fourteenth against the Suns, and then they next play on the twenty third against the Blazers. I'm so glad I could look up the schedule for you. I know. (laughs) It's, I know it's rather challenging to go and it's, Google it's really hard King for me. schedule. My, my, my iPad is my iPad is super heavy. His iPad's days. heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. I, I mean, I, and I have to press ESPN and standing. Yeah. It's no. Whole, I, it's a whole thing. You're yeah. you're okay. I can't Clint. believe I just put up with all that. All right, Clint. Thanks for checking in. Man. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Oh. Right. I thought I saw Pernil for a second. I know <laughs> our guy Pernil was in here and then he left. Oh, Pernil. Yeah. We're going to have to have him on the daily show. Like, he's going to have to step out of math class and just, like, come on. and. Oh, trust me. And now he's back. Pernil. Pernil. He knows hoops. 16 years old. Um, Pernil, what's up, my man? What's up? How you guys doing? Good. good. It's been a minute, man. We get to the end of January. The Kings are... That's the other thing. As We're at the end of January now. Yeah. The Kings are 28 and 21. How does that make you feel? Makes me feel extremely happy and excited for what's to come, man. Mm. I mean, I see this upcoming stretch. You get the Rockets twice in a row. You get a battered Pelicans team. You get the Spurs. I'm thinking five in a row, potentially. Oh, Mm. my God. Pernil, you're so positive. Um, I mean, not to say that you're not usually, but... What what gives you that much confidence? Now, and here's why. I go, you look at that first game against Minnesota, and then you look at that second game against Minnesota. What makes you think that they can just continue to look like that second game against Minnesota tonight? Um, I think the big thing is that the teams that we're playing are pretty, like, meh. I mean, yeah. 
This Pacers, I don't know when Halliburton comes back. I hope he's back by then. I really like watching Halliburton play. But if he's not, that should be a win. The Pelicans are pretty injured. Rockets are injured. And not just the injuries and the bad schedule and, like, the easy teams are playing. I also want to say that we are playing more as a team on defense. Um, this game really stood out to me because we, we, we came back from that pretty ugly game against the, the first game, right? The first game, D'Lo hit like a bunch of shots. Yep. Edwards hit a bunch of shots. This game, we really clamped down on D'Lo. And I, I own fantasy. Um, I own D'Lo on fantasy. And like, it was kind of tough seeing that like Kim just lose points from missed field goals. But you know what? We did play really good defense on D'Lo this time. Oh, uh, he had, let me check. He had like, I think it was, um, he had 10 points on pretty bad efficiency, if I remember. I yeah, think four, four 16. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, that's pretty bad. And it was, it was like a, I think I think I saw I remember seeing Fox on him a couple of times, Herder, Malik. It was like a team effort too. And it wasn't just like one guy, it wasn't just Davion just going in there and planting him. It was a team effort. And we played really good team defense. Um it was good switchability. The small ball lineup was pretty good. I was talking with I think it was I was talking with um Dave in chat and we were talking about like how the Kings going smaller has been pretty good when it comes to the defenses. We're able to switch more. We're able to, you know, get faster. And that really helps when going up against teams like, you know, Minnesota, who have multiple ball handlers. Edwards can handle the ball. D'Lo can handle the ball. Um, and Kyle Anderson, who I've talked about like a ton in the chat um, in Discord, that he's been a catalyst for this resurgence. Yes, um, yes. And his ability to handle the ball, we were able to bottle that up a bit. And I, you even see Austin Rivers a little bit and Jalen Noel here and there. But yeah, they have guys that can handle the ball. And we were able to switch onto those guys and shorter shut down pretty much everyone that's not named Anthony Edwards. And that's been great. That was good. Yeah, I, I really like how when they do go small ball too, like you're saying, they're still able to defend guys, mostly because even if they don't have all the length in the world, they have a lot of strength, right? They have some strong guys, Harrison Barnes out there, um, who's still very mobile, great with deflections. And then obviously Trey Lyles, we saw what he was capable of doing down low against a seven footer with just his strength. And I think sometimes that, that encourages me, but at the same time, when I look at certain matchups throughout the league, I go, okay, well, it's not sustainable, right? Yeah. Um, I also think that Trey Lyles changed the game when he came in with Domas going, getting thrown out. Um, I was listening to the Timberwolves uh, broadcast tonight, and then they were talking about how they have to switch it up with Trey, and then Gobert's normally always in drop when it comes with how he plays defense, how they sort of run their system. Gobert's consistently in the paint playing drop, and with Domas, that sort of worked because Domas batters inside. And then Trey Lyles, on the other hand, is more mobile. He can get out and play along the perimeter. We ran more five out on yeah. in overtime because Trey Lyles can, you know what, step out, hit the three. And Gobert didn't want to step out. Gobert stepped out once. He got blown by it and dunked, dunked on. Yeah, the that, second time, that he didn't move. step out. Yeah, and the second time, he did step out, and then Trey hit a three in his face. And um, Trey Lyles, I really do like the idea of him being the backup five agree, because man. he's really good there. Yeah. I completely agree. I mean, I think that's the other thing. Metsu has not shown the ability in his NBA career to knock down the three. Yeah. It just hasn't happened. He's gotten the looks last year. He was he had the ultimate freedom in that Kings offense. Launch him every time you touch it. This year he's not shooting nearly as many, which has been good, but it's at like a 21% clip coming into tonight on his career. He's right around a 30% three-point shooter. He had it on the perimeter tonight. Gobert did not even come out. 
to try to contest it. He did with Lyles. And as Freniel just mentioned, Lyles made him pay for it, jammed it on his head. So, yeah, I, I like that idea too. And you mentioned uh, Nova Halliburton potentially. That's crazy because the King, Kings haven't seen Halliburton this year, right, Morgan? You're an idiot. What? You are. I, I already. Freniel, he's, he's I, talking shit. I don't re- remember him <laughs> in that game. I just don't. I, You're such he a He was shit. in that game. You're a shit talker. No, I just. No, P, the MP, you ain't funny. You ain't funny. <laughs> What? What are you doing? You're such a D. I'm just confused. I don't remember seeing him. I just don't remember anything anything impactful. Perniel, I just, I can't with I'm him. Kidding. Yeah. The knowing my like Tyrese is gonna hear this and be like, "Hey, screw you, dude." I'm kidding, yeah. Tyrese. I'm kidding. Now he's gonna drop forty on the Kings, and you're gonna yeah, like that's what you're putting out <laughs> into the universe. We don't want that either. Oh man, he's been a hey, honestly though. That Pacers team has fallen apart without, without him. him. Like they're like, I think they have one win since he's been out. Yeah, no, it's it's insane to see yeah. the impact that he's made on that team. And he's like the center whisperer, right? Gets making everyone get paid. Miles Turner getting paid Dude. after working with him, but yeah. yeah. Hey, Pernil, good checking in with you, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Um, also, one more thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jaden McDaniels hit the. Game like the tying three, and I was so happy. Oh, I don't were, know if you? Guys know this, but were you I happy? Beat. Yes, I was, Deuce, because I am the world's biggest Jaden McDaniels fan, and he's been <laughs> awesome for the Timberwolves. And it was really happy seeing him hit the three. I mean, I wanted us to win, so it was like a bittersweet moment, but it was it was happy seeing him hit the three. Shout out Jaden McDaniels. That's well, my guy. Shout out Jaden right. McDaniels for traveling on that play, and the officials not calling it. Is that what you wanted you know to what? say? You know what? You know what? That was. I, that, that was that was a weird call. I I, I want to see the two minute report. But do that not, did not look like a travel. No, you are smarter <laughs> you than that. A... You are smarter than that, and you know that that was a travel in fifty states. You know it. I will not slander Jaden McDaniels. Ah! Go back. Slander. You don't have to slander him. You could slander the refs, though. You know what? Yeah, the refs have been pretty blind. You know, Thank and you. I mean, at least at least they're not going to tweet out saying they're going to have sleepless nights because we're the Sacramento Kings, and not the LA Lakers. Yeah, sadly, McDaniel's know? made the shot, and good for him. But you're right. You go, you go, slander the officials. Okay. <laughs> I wonder if we lost, if they would have tweeted out, "Oh my God," and, and, and apologize. No. Uh, or, think- or we needed. I think we needed Fox to fall to the ground and like act like he like like his role just ended or something. Yeah, if we yeah. really wanted them to tweet it out. That's a good point. You know? Yeah. All right, Pernil. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> All right. Yeah. See ya. Bye bye. He's the best. Um Yeah. The officials, I think their NBA referees association, whoever's in charge of that Twitter account, probably regrets sending that tweet. Yeah. There, there, there's nothing good that came from it, unfortunately. I, you, we all thought it was a joke, right? Like I definitely, I thought, oh, this is like a parody account. Like this is with a blue check mark, whatever it is. And then, and then I saw like Kevin O'Connor retweeted and then I saw someone else retweet and I was like, oh, oh no, no, yeah, no it's not a joke. This huh? is real sleepless nights after LeBron throws a little pissy fit. Come on, come on. We're sleepless here in Sacramento. Yeah. Sleepless. Shout out to... Tina, a Kings fan, who donates five bucks. Super chat. Appreciate you, Tina. Talk about why they don't play Rashawn Holmes. Aww. What am I missing with him? I legit don't understand. I don't know that she actually said it in that tone. I should have read it like that. <laughs> Typical me. Um, Thanks, Tina. Yeah, I think start of the year, he struggled with the motion offense. He talked about overthinking things. 
you know, not super comfortable with dribble handoffs. He's much more of a pick and roll guy, and it doesn't seem like the Kings were running a lot of pick and rolls, at least initially when he played. And I think the bigger issue is, I think defensively, there are some mistakes. And I think he just lost trust. I felt like Brown elected to go with Metsu. Metsu had some good moments. Then he went away from him. So I still maintain that I think Rashawn is a better player than he has played within the last year. Morgan's made the point that he had a really strong connection with Tyrese Halliburton um, with pick and rolls. And it just seems like it, he hasn't found that same rhythm. And you're right. Like sometimes it is, it's like, you just need a new situation, you know, go somewhere where you can thrive and be put in a better spot. I think the Kings I've said it before. I, I just don't believe that he's a guy that, should be getting DNPs. I think he can still help you yeah. in, in minutes, you know, yes. and give him the chance to go out there, especially after the Lakers game. That He got the defensive player of the game chain that night. He was rewarded mm. for playing a great game. They won the game, and then you didn't see him. So it's like, I just give him some time. It's not necessarily his fault that he's not playing, right? I mean, you, you look at what's before him, and then you look at a uh, coaching staff that just – doesn't either whether they don't trust him they don't like him in the motion offense whatever it is you know they like him you know like it Rashawn Holmes is a good person like you know that people enjoy being around him so it's not going to be anything like that but um yeah it's got to be frustrating I'm just really proud of people like him and TD um always staying ready down on the bench and you know their opportunity will come even if it's not here in sacramento dave uh posts this in the youtube chat from nate in the discord chat when terrence davis plays more than 20 minutes he is 18 points a game uh 5.8 rebounds i'm guessing 2.4 assists on 53 percent shooting 46 percent from three has a missed a free throw and 1.6 steals and the Kings are four and one with the only <laughs> loss being game one against Portland. Ooh. That's interesting. Yeah. I think Mike's really hard on TD. If he has like a defensive breakdown, mm -hmm. it's like you're done. Yep. And some players, you know, coaches just have that relationship with those biases with I, it and it. And it sucks. Sometimes like that reputation is never going to leave you. And sometimes just a, a situation or a coach a teammate it's whatever it is going to make you better um and make you and i don't know elevate your game to a different level and that will be the situation you're meant to be in big time kings win yeah yeah really happy we're going to be live again following the kings next game when they play the spurs on wednesday night but we do want to encourage you guys you know if you're at the office tomorrow or just monday through friday you just want to throw us on in the background just do it we're on Sacktown Sports every day, Monday through Friday, I should say, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific time. We stream it live on the YouTube page there, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Give that page a follow, um, subscribe there, and we'll be live there. You can also listen to us on the radio if you're driving around on 1140 a.m. in Sacramento. We're going to be talking a lot of NBA tomorrow, a lot of Kings. So make sure you roll through, hang out with us. Yeah, we're right? having fun trying to grow that page as well. And it's like, by the it's the same fun show yes. that we get to do here. Just with stupid commercial breaks every once in a while, but we stay live on the YouTube feed. So yeah. we just keep it rolling. So it's a show. It's a show. Don't call it a radio. It's a daily it's a show, show. A daily show that airs on the radio, also on an app that you could take on the go and on YouTube. 
All right. Join us. But thank you for joining us tonight, too. This was fun. Yeah, hit the thumbs up on the way out. Let's get the 400 thumbs up. We Let's love go. you guys so, so, so much. But we got to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your night. See ya! Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.